Attention freelancers and solopreneurs. Freelancers and solopreneurs. You are tuning into The Remote CEO, a show that will help you scale your business, become the authority in your market, grow into a better leader, and create your remote empire. And now, your host, acclaimed business coach and entrepreneur, Deniero B. What's going on, CEOs? This is Deniero B, and you are listening to the Saturday interview episode of the Remote CEO Show. I always make sure to have the most interesting guests and ask them practical and actionable questions so that you can take that knowledge and scale your business with it. So if you do enjoy this podcast, I would love for you to leave a review on your podcast app. It only takes a couple of minutes and it will make a big difference. Now, don't forget that we do release the five-minute episodes every single day at around 6 a.m. Eastern time. So subscribe to the show and you will get bite-sized actionable content delivered for free to your device. Also, share this podcast with other fellow entrepreneurs, freelancers, and solopreneurs. You're on the rise, so it only makes sense that you share this journey with like-minded people. And don't forget that the more you talk about these topics with other people, the more you will understand them and make them part of your everyday life. And now, let's get started. What is going on, CEOs? Daniel will be here with another episode of the Remote CEO Show. Today, I'm here with Justin Olusby. Justin is an online entrepreneur based in the U.S. and he's been, is best known for helping businesses turn their cold leads and prospects into qualified sales opportunities at Conversionly, the company that he co-founded. So today we're going to be talking about sales, lead generation, how to build your remote sales team, and much more. Justin, how are you doing today? Doing good. De Niro, how are you, brother? Not bad at all. Man, thank you again for being on the show today. And as usual, I ask my guests to tell us a bit more about their background and how they got started in entrepreneurship. Okay. Um, kind of, a, so hang tight real quick, guys. This is going to be a little <laughs> bit of a, a wild ride. So um, I come from a blue collar family. Um, I rodeoed and uh, ride, ride bulls, uh, rode bulls back in elementary, high school, uh, middle school, and a little bit after college got, um, had a sponsor and was, you know, doing it program for a little bit that led me into the world of sports medicine. Um, so okay. I went and got my undergraduate degree as an athletic trainer and then went on, I, I really quickly realized that those guys don't make a lot of money and the hours kind of stink because you're working Fridays yeah. and Saturdays. And as a, as a young, uh, 22 year old guy, I didn't want to be doing that. <laughs> so sure. it was fun though. It was a good job. Probably like the, the, the best time that I've had, um, outside of owning my own business as far as employment. But, um, anyway, so sports medicine and then, um, I eventually, you know, was rodeoing for a little bit and then I got sick. I got real sick. I, I went over to a mission trip to India and was hospitalized for around 30 days in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And in that time, um, I was just about to be discharged from the hospital and was going and walking down the halls in a walker. And I quickly realized that life is super fragile. I was seeing all these people with their heads down on their phones, just kind of like doing their thing and kind of you know, taking life for granted and living super fast. And I was like, you know what, I want to do something with my life. And that was kind of like a realization moment. So I went back to school, got a master's in uh, healthcare marketing and um, administration and worked for an orthopedic company for a while doing sales and marketing, had a really cush job, 
uh, I left uh, work probably around 2 p.m. I did all my stuff in the morning, caught up with emails, and then uh, just kind of had free time from around you know 2 p.m. and on. And so I used that time to create a, a marketing, excuse me, I used that time to create an apparel business, hat and t-shirt company for like rodeo apparel. And with that, I used all of my skills that I had in marketing and I did like SEO and website design and Facebook ads for my business. And a couple of people that I went to church with my local network, they saw the success that I was having. And so I was like, Hey, I know I need to be doing this, but can you help me do this? Um, and you know, a couple, like one, I think my first client paid me like $500 and I was like, Oh, okay, this is cool. So I quickly looked, uh, you know, I got a couple of clients on the marketing side and I quickly looked at the profit margins and the profit margins over on the marketing side were around like 85%. And the margins with the payroll business, like 25, 30%, if I was doing something really, really good. And I was like, you know what? Profit margins, business sense, it makes more sense to focus on the marketing agency. So that's what I focused on. Yeah. Uh, from there, we you know, got into the marketing business, lead generation business, scaled that up. And then we found a, a problem inside of that business, which we created our, our business. My, uh, my, my co-founder, Zach Williams, and myself created Conversionly. And essentially what Conversionly is, is we help um, people, whenever you generate the leads, what you do after those leads, right? We help you mm-hmm. make sure that you're following up with a proven system to turn those leads into booked appointments so that you can hop on the sales call so that you can turn that client into an actual client of yours, or excuse me, that prospect into a client of yours. For sure. So many follow-up questions, starting from the rodeo, but we'll keep that for later. <laughs> um, I do want to ask you a question about like marketing agency, because nowadays that's a word that a lot of people use. I actually have a digital marketing agency myself, and, and that's my core business. Um, the listeners at home know that, but I was, I was wondering what type of marketing were you doing initially, and how did you go from the, uh, that business model to conversion leads business model? Mm, great. Yeah, great question. So I started out, I think what a lot of people kind of start out doing was like, hey, I'll do whatever you want to pay me to do in the digital marketing <laughs> space. Um, so I was doing website design, I was doing SEO, I was doing, you know, Facebook ads, and it started out as like website and SEO. So it started out as website, I was designing websites. And then I was like, I could also make some money, you know, like more uh, monthly revenue, like recurring revenue mm-hmm. from like SEO. And then because like website design is just a one-time fee, right? You can maybe get like a, um, a development fee to like hosting your website. Um, but you know, I really wanted like the 800 plus, you know, recurring revenue, uh, per month model. So that's, that's, that's how I got into SEO. And then I quickly realized that it takes, like, I was, you know, decent at it. I helped a, a couple of customers get to the t- number one, top three, placements in Google, but I quickly realized that if it's competitive, it's going to take a while. And some clients, usually local small businesses is where I really started working with Mm -hmm. my clients at. A lot of those clients don't have the revenue to be able to invest into an SEO campaign and wait six to eight months for them to, you know, start reaping the benefits. And so I was like, you know what, instead of, I'd still need to figure out this recurring revenue model. So I kind of got into Facebook ads. I knew it worked in my apparel business. So I started doing that for other clients. And that was kind of like a realization where, you know, you put in a dollar and if you do it right within 30 days, you potentially get three to $4 back. And I was like, yeah. uh, and then I kind of got just like, 
consumed with the idea of hacking, you know, Facebook ads and helping businesses grow. And so that's where, you know, kind of like I hung my hat was the lead generation side of um, like small local small businesses. Um, with my healthcare background, really focused in on dentists and chiropractors and, you know, other healthcare um, practices. But um, that's really what we were doing was lead generation through Facebook and, you know, sometimes Google. And then what we found was that whenever we were generating the leads for our clients, some of the clients had a really good staff that was trained to follow up with the leads. And those clients would stick around forever, right? And then we, as we start to scale, we started getting clients who didn't have a good staff, didn't have a good proven system to follow up with the leads. And what would happen is we would send them the leads, you know, like 60 to 100 leads a month. And they would have all of these leads, not really know what to do with them. At the end of the day, at the end of the month, when we were reviewing the campaign, what would happen is they would say, these leads stink. They never answer the phone. They never call us back. And what it really came down to is they just didn't have a proven system to be able to follow up the leads. And if they weren't following up the leads, the leads weren't turning into clients for them. And if they're not turning in, they're not getting clients. They're not receiving a return on investment for the marketing that you know we're doing for them. And at the end of the day, if they're not receiving a return on investment, we're not going to keep them as a client. So we would lose our clients after one or two months, right? So as a marketing agency, if you have five clients this month and the next month you bring on five clients, but you also lose five clients, then you're going to be at the same spot that you were the last month. And you're not, that's, you're not really going to scale your agency up. So we really needed to figure out the retention because we had the churn. We figured out the prospecting. We could get new clients, but we needed to figure out like how to stop losing clients, how to put a plug into the leaky bucket of our agency. And so what we decided to do was just to follow up with all the leads for our clients so that they didn't have that, you know, problem anymore. We were just providing a solution to that problem. And then once we did that, we started keeping our clients a lot longer. Like the, the leads started turning into booked appointments, the booked appointments started turning into clients for our clients. And then they were receiving a return on investment and they would just continue to pay us because we were bringing them more money than what they were paying us. And so that's now what we really focus on. And that's what conversionally is, is you are generating a lead. And if you don't have the lead generation down, we can work with you because we are a lead generation business. We can work with you to how to help you figure out generating leads and then also help you figure out once the lead is generated, we have, you know, a system that we've put over 50,000 leads through 150 clients that we've worked with. We know what it takes to take a lead into a booked appointment. We know that you need to call within five minutes. Make sure you call, follow up at least six times. Like all, all of this stuff we have into our proven system, right? And then we help you. We also give you an agent to be able to follow up with the leads for you. So I know that was a little bit of a long answer, but that's kind of the road and the path that we've took to get to conversion link. That's uh, I love long answers. Really, there was a lot of awesome information there and just packed in, in, in one answer to that question. As a matter of fact, uh, I do have like a follow-up question regarding the process that it took you to scale your business. You were talking about uh, one first step. The, the, the first main step is to not lose clients when you're scaling. So that's true. But once you figured out how to retain clients, how do you go about scaling your business? Did you hire uh, like uh, more salespeople? Did you hire um, some project managers? How did you go about it? Yeah. So the path that it took, it was me as an individual. And then I hired um, a prospecting team. So there's a couple of ways that you guys could do this, but I, for what, what I recommend and the success that I've had or success that I've seen other agencies have, 
or the businesses have is that you have yourself as an individual, you're mostly doing, you know, if you're starting out like one or two clients, you're doing the prospecting, you're doing the sales and you're doing the fulfillment, right? So that's kind of like the three phases that I break business up into. And once you start to scale, I think that you need to hire someone to do the prospecting for you. You do the sales and then you do the fulfillment. So you got that, that first phase figured out, right? And then the second stage, if you're, you know, hiring and scaling your agency is you have, you have either one or two or three people doing the prospecting for you because that's feeding the pipeline so that you can have new sales. And then the second stage is you hire someone to follow up or you hire someone to do the fulfillment for you. So you got prospecting sales and fulfillment. Now at this stage, you've hired someone to do this, do the prospecting. You've hired someone doing the fulfillment. You're doing the sales. And then the last phase is you start hiring a salesperson or a salespeople. And then you have like the three phases covered. And then now you're just the CEO making sure everything's turning like it should. Yeah, that makes sense. I always tell even all my clients, you can't really hire a salesperson to actually run the presentations if you don't even know how to run your own presentations. Like, I mean, you got to really like get that figured out once you have a system you train your new salespeople with that system and you tell them exactly how that uh, you know it's supposed to be run let's talk about sales um what do you think right now the biggest problems that you see in sales nowadays with uh, small businesses medium businesses what do you think it is i think the biggest problem with sales is um most people i mean even if they're starting out or they're medium-sized company um, they really haven't figured out how to say no. They're getting people who are disqualified in their pipeline. And once you get them on the phone and, or once you're having a conversation with them, if they're not qualified, if they're not a good fit for you, it's going to be uber difficult for you to close the sale. And what we try to focus on is we, whenever a lead is generated, we try to do the best that we can to make sure we're targeting our ideal audience. However, once they are kind of becoming an inbound lead or once they come to us, we're like, hey, let me, if you don't mind, let me just ask you three to five questions just to make sure you're a good fit for our company. It will save you and us a ton of time. And then we ask those questions once we feel like they're qualified. Okay, great. Let's go ahead and schedule a time with our team to be able to go through exactly what we do and how we can help you and what what solutions we can provide to your problems. And then we can talk about price. We can talk about what it looks like moving forward and take it from there. That makes sense. It's an actual, it's a counterintuitive answer. Actually, I thought that you were going to say, you know, people don't follow up too much, but it's actually, like you said, like if you're trying to follow up, even follow up a lot with the wrong person, you're still doing a disservice to yourself and the business. You're wasting time. And you're taking time away from the prospects that are actually, you know, supposed to use your product and, and they need it. Um, but for what concerns follow-ups, how many times should a person, you said about six times. So I know that a lot of people, when they're getting started, they're afraid of quote unquote bugging the lead or bugging people and, and sounding too pushy or, you know, like six times. I know it's good. Can you, let us know why six times it's the actual sweet spot. Great question. So when we were starting conversionally, um, my background's in healthcare. So in healthcare, they go through a bunch of research to make sure that whatever is, um, it, whatever is practice is actually like legit, 
right? So you're mm. like, you're working on human beings, right? So you need to make yeah. sure that whatever you're working on is proven. So what we did and what I did, me and Zach Williams and my, my co-founder is we looked at a ton of different research articles. Um, one article that we found that, that really highlighted this was a study done in Harvard Business Review. It looked over three years worth of data, 100,000 leads. And what it found was that it, each call that you make following up with the lead increases your chances of qualifying that lead, right? Trying to get that lead into a booked appointment. It kind of levels out at around the six call at 90%. So if you, if you make at least six calls following up and trying to get a hold of that lead to book an appointment, make sure they're qualified, it increases the chances of you qualifying that lead by around 90%. After the six call, it kind of levels out, right? So anything past the six call is not necessarily that effective in the eyes of research, right? And by the time you call someone six times, there's probably a good chance if they're if you haven't got a hold of them, it's either a bad number or they don't want to talk to you or it's not a good time to talk, right? So what we recommend, and another, another um, study that we looked at and another data point that we looked at is the time that you follow up from whenever that lead was generated. Okay. So the study, this, this uh, same study in Harvard Business Review looked at that, like the amount of time that you follow up with the lead whenever the lead is generated. So the study showed that if you follow up within five minutes, the chances of you are drastic, the chances of you qualifying that lead drastically increase. So it looked at five minutes versus 10 minutes, right? If you follow up with the lead in five minutes versus 10 minutes, like if you call the lead within 10 minutes, the chance of you qualifying that lead decreased by around 400%. Wow. So whenever a lead is generated, you need to follow up with them within a three to five minute window. So that's the system that we've developed. We've actually put that into our system. So whenever a lead is generated, boom, our agents get a notification or your agent will get a notification. Boom, they're following up with that lead within five minutes, right? If they don't answer, they'll send them a follow-up text message. And then every single day we follow up for six consecutive days. So we get to that six number, right? Yeah. Of follow-up. If they don't answer the phone, we send them a text message. So we're reaching out via text message because we know that a lot of people now are uh, the, the way that they like to communicate is via text message, right? Text, yeah. And then if for whatever reason, they don't answer the phone um, during those you know six days or six attempts, we put them into a um, six month follow-up sequence via text message where we follow up every 10 to 14 days just to see if anything's changed because it may not have been a good yes. fit at that time. That makes total sense. Now you're making me think about everyone that has these funnels nowadays and they drive traffic to them and then they literally don't do anything with the leads for like two or three weeks. And I'm like, that is the biggest waste of money and time on your end as well. Now people will receive an email two weeks down the road. They don't even know who you are anymore. They probably don't even remember filling out a form on a website You know, at that point. Um, I would say yeah, go two days goes by. They don't remember <laughs> yeah. who you are filling out a form. Sometimes even two hours, depending on yeah. what you've been doing on your phone and you know on the computer, right? So Especially you, with uh, lead ads. I find that with lead ads on Facebook, because it fills out the information for you with your Facebook email and name, people don't even have to go out of the way to type anything. They just see like, okay, I'm kind of, kind of interested click here, it's filled out already, move on. And then literally, like you said, a half hour later, if someone calls me, I'm like, 
who is this? Like, <laughs> it, it's already too long. Like a half hour, I'll be doing something else, completely forgot what I was doing <laughs> when I was filling out that form. Exactly. So, I mean, there's not much cognitive effort on your end when you're filling out a lead form if it's already pre-populated for you. So yeah. what we do to combat that is, you know, instead of just ringing them up, like just a, like a random call, what most people will probably deny, what we do is we send them a text message around two minutes, right? It's okay. automated. The text message is automated, but we try to delay it out so it doesn't seem automated. It says, hey, this is um, just say, hey, this is Justin from XYZ company. We saw that you just submitted a form on Facebook. Just wanted to let you know we're on the other line with a client right now. Someone from our team is going to be reaching out. Nice. Right. That's the two minute mark. And then the three to five minute mark, we're reaching out like as with a phone call. Right? Yeah. So they're kind of expecting the call. That's super cool. I wanted to talk about building your own inbound sales team. Um, I know a lot of people that are listening to the podcast at home, uh, they're freelancers, solopreneurs trying to scale their business. They're kind of trying to figure out how to do this. So what would you suggest? Maybe two or three tips you can give our listeners about this. Yeah, best tip I would give your uh, listeners is have a system and have someone devoted to run that system and have a proven, um, a proven way that, you know, you guys are generating leads and however leads are coming in, it goes through this pipeline, right? And the pipeline is set up for like a lead in. And then you know that whenever that lead in comes in, you need to make sure you're calling them within five minutes. You're asking them a handful of qualification questions and then the, the process is you qualify them and then book them onto a call with your sales team. Or if it's you, you know, if you're just starting out, this could, all of this process that we're talking about here could be you, right? You're generating the leads. Whenever a lead comes in, you're qualifying them. Once they're qualified, you're, you're booking them to an appointment with yourself. Now this kind of goes into, if you want to do a one or two call close, right? So if, if it's you, you could just say, Hey, I got a couple of minutes right now. Do you want to go ahead and you know, walk you through, you know, what we can provide you, right? And then you go through the sales call. Or if you have a sales team, or if you're booked out, just say, hey, um, I'm not available right now. Can we schedule a call later on Thursday at four, right? And then you hop on Zoom or, you know, however you guys communicate and then um, go through the sales presentation there. So I would make sure that one, you have a proven system of a lead flow of traffic. And then- yeah. Whenever that traffic comes in, you have a proven system to be to make sure that no lead falls through the cracks. And then you're following up with those leads, you know, the proper way, like you should. And then making sure that you're qualifying and disqualifying those leads and then funneling them into your, your sales team or your, yourself. That makes sense. Justin, so many valuable lessons today. I actually wanted to ask you, what are you guys working um, on exciting stuff coming up? Any future projects for Conversionly? Yeah, so right now um, we're helping, most of our clients are marketing agencies, but now we're starting to branch out to uh, companies who are just you know generating leads. Anyone who has generated leads, we're going to help them. Essentially what we have as our product is, We've built our entire system for the past handful of years. We've tweaked it. We know exactly what it takes to increase your conversion rates to the maximum point. Conversion meaning like leads to booked appointments for your sales team. We're literally giving you guys everything that we've built and showing you how to connect it on your end. And then we're also finding a trained agent for you going through hundreds of applications a week, cherry picking the very best people. We train them up. They're actually doing live calls with our team 
you know, calling leads and booking appointments. Once we feel like they're comfortable, then we place them inside of your business. Um, so now what we're doing is we're, we're training those agents to do now they're already trained on how to do the lead generation and then the appointment setting, but also potentially having them as a sales development rep or training them to be an actual sales rep inside of your company too. And then we're also working on a, a handful of other, I guess, uh, projects that we have as far as like being able to run ads for yourself, um, a media buyer course where there's a handful of things that we're doing over at Conversionly. That's awesome, man. Sounds uh, super exciting. I'm looking forward to having you back in the show in the future when all these uh, new things are coming out. So we'll talk about those. But man, so far, uh, I guess we're done for today. Justin, it was a pleasure having you on the show, man. Thanks for having me. It was, uh, yeah, it was great hanging out. All right. Talk to you soon, man. Okay. Bye. And this is it for today, CEOs. Thanks for staying with us until the end. Can I ask you a big favor? Can you please leave a review? I know the podcast app is not super straightforward. So if you don't know how to leave a review, just DM me on Instagram at denierob, D-E-N-I-E-R-O-B. And I will send you the direct link to the review section. And to show you my appreciation, I will answer any business question you ask me during that conversation. So thank you again. And then we'll talk to you again soon.